Eagles Entertainment. Hello, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. On this Wednesday, I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro, and we've got a great podcast for you. First, of course, we want to make sure that everyone is healthy and safe. We look forward to celebrating what should be an outstanding 2020 Philadelphia Eagles football season with you. So everyone, stay healthy out there. We've got a great podcast for you today. We're going to go back in time in our Eagles flashback to the opening game of the 2016 season, the first game for Doug Peterson as the head coach of the Eagles, and the first game for rookie quarterback Carson Wentz as the starter for this offense. Quite a turn of events four seasons ago. We're also going to take a look at the process of jersey numbers. We've got some new Eagles. That means we've got some new numbers. And we've got some Eagles who are changing their numbers. How does that work? We'll talk to the man in charge of the Eagles locker room, Greg Delamitros, in just a bit. It's part three of our one-on-one with Eagles general manager, Howie Roseman. And we begin our podcast with an exclusive one-on-one. Wide receiver Deshaun Jackson was reacquired by the Eagles last year in a trade with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And everybody was looking forward to fireworks from number 10. And that's exactly what we got in week one against Washington. Eight catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns, each of 50-plus yards. What a day it was at Lincoln Financial Field. Wentz back. Wentz looking. He's looking. He is going deep. And it is caught. Touchdown to Sean Jackson. Wentz back. Wentz steps up. Here comes the rush. He is going deep. And it is caught. And in for a touchdown to Sean Jackson. And we thought that was just the beginning of something special. Instead, it turned out to be a very difficult season for Jackson who caught just one pass the rest of the season, eventually went on injured reserve with a surgery to his sports hernia area, his abdominal area. He missed the entire season, really, other than that opening game. We saw how good he could be in the week one opener, and we saw how much the Eagles missed him in weeks thereafter. How is he doing now? Let's check in with number 10, Deshaun Jackson. I am pleased to be joined by Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun, welcome. And where are you calling from? Man, thanks for having me, man. I'm actually in uh, Florida right now, man, uh, spending time with my kids and just kind of trying to stay safe, man, the same. Yeah, man. So let's talk about you. Uh, how are you feeling and how are you able to get workouts in during this time of the year? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Uh, it's the first time in a while I've been uh, – 100%, man. It's been a, a definitely a process, a rough road, but uh, my faith and, you know, just the man above is continuously praying and taking it one day at a time, man, has been able to, you know, just get back to where I need to be and feeling good. Deshaun, um, what was it like for you last year? You've had some time to think it all through. How would you, I mean, the first time in your career that this kind of thing happened, how do you kind of process it all? How do you feel about it? Man, shoot, it was a roller coaster ride, man. Uh, very frustrating, um, humbling at the same time as well, too, because never uh, in my career I had to 
go through a whole year without being able to play football and being out there with my teammates and my brothers and to go to war. So, uh, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I tried everything I could to, to, you know, get back healthy, to stay healthy. And, you know, it was just uh, kind of like shooting myself in the foot. I could never really um, throughout that, the process and trying to get healthy. I could never really get through it, man. It was tough, man. I really didn't know what to do. Just tried to do the best I could and listen to the doctors and the team doctors. But, uh, you know, I tried everything I couldn't do. You saw me, all the work I tried to do. But uh, it's frustrating, but it's happening as well, too. So go through what I need to go through. Uh, my teammates fought and battled throughout a heck of a season last year. And it was just, you know, hard to see that and not be able to go out there to go to war with them. Yeah, I mean, for you, that's the hardest part. You love to play football, and it was taken away from you. I wonder, what did you learn about yourself in that year? Man, I learned a lot about myself, man. Uh, you know, I was able to get closer to my, my family. Uh, was able to spend a lot more time with my kids, you know, because usually throughout the season, uh, you know, so busy and not really able to spend time with kids. Uh, you know, just really kind of take a step back and just understand that, you know, what a blessing it is we have to play a sport we all love to play, uh, you know, and it's be, it was taken away from me. So, you know, I kind of just had to get closer to, you know, the people that love me. And it was a lot of people that doubted me and said I was old and I can't play at a high level no more. So just trying to, you know, funnel that out and not really let, you know, people dictate my career and my future. And, uh, you know, the people that love me and was close to me understood what I was going through and they supported me through every step of the way. So, you know, I just try to stay closer to them people as uh, well. And, you know, just, you know, at any given time, you know, you, you can't really say that, you know, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. You just got to take it as, as it comes and, you know, take your blessings with your curses and just know that everything happens for a reason. Deshaun, it sounds like in a way you might have a little chip on your shoulder this year. Is that is that an accurate read on my part? Man, I always have a chip on my shoulder, but yeah, I, I definitely have an extra chip on my shoulder. So, uh, you know, just just knowing that where times are and uh, you know where we're at today in time, that you know it's, it's a lot of you know uncertainty. It's a lot of uh, you know unknown, and you know throughout throughout all of that, you just got to keep your your faith and uh, just know that the man above the, the man above has a plan for us all. And uh, you know it's unfortunate to people that are losing their lives, but uh, you know, you just got to stay prayed up, man, and uh, just know that everyone on earth has a time, and we, we never know when our time is. So you just have to put your best foot forward and just go out there and just keep working hard. And, uh, you know, one thing I can say is I'm always going to have my hard hat on, and I'm coming to work, and I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to give my best effort. So, you know, whoever is with me and not against me, you know, we got a lot a lot of light left, and I'm, I'm ready to shine on it. Deshaun, do you believe that when you get back on the field that you will be as fast as – you've ever been as explosive and big playmaking as you've ever been? Yeah, I definitely feel, uh, you know, this surgery that I had, um, it's kind of re-instructed, re-strengthened uh, it, um, and just built it up to a whole nother level. Uh, you know, it was a, a lot of people that I, you know, talked with and, you know, that had the same surgery that they came out better on the other side of the light. So, um, like I said, man, I hopefully come back faster, stronger, um, you know, and just really built me up for this, this, However long this is, I got left to play, man. I'm going to try to get at least another three to five years and play at a high level. So I'm going to come back the 20th season, you know, pray, keep our uh, fingers crossed that we have one and everything happens right. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely ready to roll, man. I fly high. 
Deshaun, that week one performance, two touchdown receptions, 150-plus yards, I mean, big play after big play. It really was very exciting to see you and Carson work together. How do you feel about getting it going on a full-time basis with Carson in 2020? Man, I look forward to that, man. That's one thing that, you know, there's been drawn to the utmost is being able to get back out there with a guy like Carson. Uh, man, he puts a lot of hard work into his craft and what he's able to do on the field, man. He's made some crazy throws, uh, prolonged a lot of big plays. Um, and uh, one thing I will say about him, he's a competitor. He's a, a fierce competitor out this world. And, uh, you know, man, I missed time out there playing with him. Uh, you know, he was trying to do everything he could with the, you know, the weapons he had and uh, play at a high level. So, man, I look forward to getting back out there, you know, working out with him, training with him, building with him. And, uh, you know, hopefully we have a long season together next year and, uh, you know, and our, uh, our fight to win another Super Bowl, man, for Philadelphia. Deshaun and free agency, the Eagles get Darius Slay and Nickel Roby Coleman. Uh, have you played against both of those players? Can you give us a little scouting report why Eagles fans should be excited about those two? Um, I can't recall playing against uh, Roby um, Coleman, but uh, you know I played against Darius Slay numerous times. Um, you know I, I feel like you know he's one of the best corners in the NFL, and uh, he plays at a high level. Um, anytime I played against him in the past, I always brought my A game and. Uh, you know, I studied him. So, you know, looking forward to the battles we're going to have in practice. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, that pays off to, you know, him shutting a lot of corners down. I mean, a lot of receivers down in the NFL this year. Deshaun, what kind of feedback have you gotten from Eagles fans really in the last 12 months since you came back to Philadelphia and then through the injury? How supportive were Eagles fans? Man, Eagles fans have been very supportive of uh, me my whole career. Um, you know, I know we – we had some battles, some tough battles when I went to uh, Washington and, and Tampa. But, you know, being back, the, the way they embraced me, the way they've, um, you know, showed me love numerous times, man, it's been nothing but utmost um, respect on my end for them and what they do. And, you know, their passion they have is being Eagles fans, man. They they put it on the line for us every Sunday, every Monday, every Thursday, whenever we play, even, shoot, coming down to the link. I mean, not the link, to Novacare and watching us practice uh, during training camp. So, um, love Eagle fans, man. They're, no one compares to Eagles fans, man. And I, I just appreciate, you know, their hard work. And, um, you know, Philadelphia is a brother of the left city, man. You can tell every time you go out on the field. Deshaun, sometimes when things are taken away from you, you realize even more how much you love it. Is that the way you kind of look at this situation after missing so much of 2019? How much it really reminds you how much you love the game of football? Yeah, that's why I say, man, you can never take anything for granted, man. Anytime you're playing a, a sport like this, you know, a lot of us play since we've been kids. Um, you know, the opportunity we're able to have to continuously go out there and play a sport that we've been playing since we're kids and, you know, get paid, you know, pretty good for it, man. That's a dream come true. And every time I go out there, I always count my blessings, never take anything for granted. And uh, no, it's really any given play, man. You can be hurt. It can be taken away from you. And uh, as long as you know that, I try to tell these young kids, coming into that, you know, that, you know, it's not promise. It's not promise to nobody. It's what, 1,200, 1,300 spots. And, uh, you know, it's only what, how many kids that try to play this game every year? I mean, it's millions of kids that try to play this game, you know, millions of kids. And, you know, it's only 1,200 spots are open. So, you know, knowing that in your head, knowing that in your mind is just going out there and just knowing yeah, every time you step on the field, you know, it, it can't be taken for granted. What are you watching on TV? If you can give us a little playlist 
answer that question. And then if you have any memories from being drafted from the Philadelphia Eagles, what kind of memories that you could share with us as well? As far as what am I been watching, uh, I'm, I'm not big on watching TV, man. I'm a sports guy, man. I like to play video games. So, you know, I've been playing video games nonstop throughout the day. I've been hanging out with my kids, been spending the time with my kids, taking them out, doing outdoor activities like fishing, uh, you know, riding jet skis and trying to social distance and staying away from people um, as best as possible. Uh, so, I man, catching up on some old uh, classic Super Bowls. Um, last night I was actually watching uh, Green Bay play the Kansas City. I mean, not Kansas City. Cheese. I was playing. Uh, I was watching Green Bay play the Pittsburgh Steelers. I actually saw the Atlanta and uh, New England Patriots game. So just been trying to watch, you know, sports games. Been watching a lot of Kobe Bryant highlights because player of all time. And uh, you know, as far as what I remember about draft day, uh, dream come true, man. Uh, had my whole family with me. They actually came out and filmed it. ESPN did, and, uh, you know, it's just one of them days where, you know, you're sitting back and patiently waiting to hear your name be called, and, you know, I remember, you know, thinking I was going first round, and, you know, I slipped to the second round, and, uh, you know, all my family was like, you know, it's, it's a team that's going to be calling, it's a team that's going to want you, it's a team that, you know, is, is going to be memorable, and, uh, you know, Philadelphia, what better place to go? Have Brian Dawkins, uh, Brian Westbrook, Dominic McNabb, Sante Samuel, like it was a lot of dudes that I looked up to that I was able to come and play with. So you know, I could just remember, you know, all the memories. And, you know, once my name was called, man, it was like, you know, just a pressure reliever. Like, man, it's just, you know, everything was kind of went away. And I'm like, man, now I could go focus on being the best wide receiver I can be. Deshaun, finally, any message for Eagles fans out there who are just so excited to see you at Lincoln Financial Field on the road? When this football season starts, man, all I can is go Eagles, man. Fly. Season is gonna be a great season for us all. Uh, we're looking forward to it. I appreciate everybody that's been supporting us since day one, and just know that you know we're all gonna do everything we can to bring back another Super Bowl, man. That's all. At, at this point in my career, man, that's all I'm missing. So I'm gonna do everything I can to go out there and, and win a Super Bowl for Philadelphia. Deshaun, thank you so much for joining us. The great Deshaun Jackson. Cannot wait to see you back on the football field at the NovaCare Complex. Stay in shape, stay healthy, stay safe. Thank you so much for joining us. For sure. Thank you, man. Thanks so much to Deshaun for his time. And again, we can't wait to see him at the NovaCare Complex. Time now for our part three with Howie Roseman, who talks about the challenges that this coronavirus global pandemic is having as the Eagles Prepare for the 2020 NFL Draft on April 23rd. The draft, we're only, uh, what, less than four weeks away from the draft. Um, what You've got eight draft picks. How do you feel about that? Where is the personnel department? Is everybody working remotely? And what are the challenges of, of bringing all that information together? Yeah, the first part about that is, you know, we'd always love to have more picks. You know, we have eight picks, and um, I think that just based on free agency, um, we think we'll get a couple of comp picks at least next year as well. Uh, I know we traded one of our picks for Jannard Avery, who we're excited about. Um, I think that what we've done is try to communicate as much as possible with our staff in these times and have as much communication as possible. And again, it's, it's a credit to our staff um, back at the NovaCare facility, guys who put us in position to have these conversations. We're going to have our draft meetings, our regular scheduled draft meetings by video. 
Um, we're able to have 28 guys. We did test from yesterday with our personnel staff and 28 guys were able to get on a call and have these discussions in the communication. And um, that's what all we can do is over communicate. And obviously this process started last May. So it's not a new process for us, um, but whatever challenges, you know, we'll deal with it and we'll deal with it to the best of our abilities. And, you know, you're not going to hear from anyone in our front office you know, at this time next year, hey, you know, this is an excuse for why this didn't go well or anything like that. Howie, do you have any sense of what the arrangement will be on April 23rd? Will you be in a draft room at the Novacare Complex? Will you still be remote? Has the league given you any indication on that? I think it's such a fluid situation with what's going on in our country right now and uh, everything's changing daily, let alone a month from now, whatever the situation is, we'll be ready for it. You know, if, if we're doing a draft um, in our draft room, that would be uh, outstanding. But by the same time, we got a lot of qualified people who are preparing for different options and different outcomes and uh, we'll be ready. Howie, any final messages for Eagles fans who I mean, any TV suggestion? Have you, have you found a new TV series that you love? Anything that you're doing that you can share with us here? Yeah, you know, my wife tells me all the time that, that I'm in a unique situation because we have so much work right now that, um, you know, I'm very grateful about the work. And so it, there's not been a lot of time for binge TV watching yet. Um, you know, it, it depends on how long this lasts. I, I feel like you know, we take it very seriously, our responsibility to our fans right now to give them some piece of good news. And I'm aware that we haven't done everything that they're looking for, but I know we've gotten better as a team. I know that we put ourselves in position um, to improve our football team. There's other ways to do that. Every day we're working on that. Um, you know, our, Jeffrey called me the other day. Um, we were in the middle of the slate discussions and told me our Super Bowl was on, so uh, I immediately DVR'd it, so I can't wait to watch those. Uh, during the season, I, I put a lot of our games on DVR, too. I like watching TV copies when I'm not watching um, the film of them. And then when I think about kind of some of the shows that are out there, um, you know, it, it net Netflix, I, I have some Netflix shows that I'm excited to watch, but haven't gotten there. You know, Four Kids, Dog, and uh, obviously, you know, 90 kids on our roster that we're trying to bring in here. So um, now, Dave, you know, we're, I feel very lucky and, and very lucky to be in the situation I'm in with, with the people that we work with on a daily basis. People like you, Dave, you know, this is this is the benefit of being part of a team. We are a true team uh, on and off the field. And uh, I feel very fortunate that we have the people that we do. You know, Dave, I, I just, I just want to tell our fans, you know, we're thinking about them. We're constantly thinking about them and, and thinking about our community. And, um, you know, this, this is a tough time, but we'll, we're tough. And I think that at the end of the day, uh, a lot of this will give us perspective that maybe with everything going on in the world that uh, I know uh, has been really good for us to remember what's important in life and, um, I know what I, what I feel most thankful for is the support of our community and the fact that uh, I live in, in this great place, in this great city. And um, I pledge I'll do whatever I can to give them um, some fun in the fall. And um, you know, our whole staff feels the same way. Howie Roseman, keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Next version of Vimeo Cribs, Dave. Next version of Vimeo Cribs, hopefully. Um, you know, it will be it will be far down the road. But if you need me, I'm here. And um, 
you know, I'll do whatever I can to make sure that our fans are seeing um, some things that take their mind off what's going on in the world. All right, Howie Roseman, thank you so much for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Keep up the great work, stay safe, and uh, hopefully I'll see you at NovaCare soon. I miss you, man. I miss all, all of our people at NovaCare. Uh, I miss all the things that we maybe take for granted. And I can't wait to be back together, Dave. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Howie. Thanks, everyone. We've got some Eagles who have some numbers. Yeah. There's 99 of them available. The roster goes up to 90 players, and there are nine numbers who've been retired. So how do you cram all of those numbers and all of those requests and make everybody happy? Greg Delamitros is here to answer those questions. I know Eagles fans get really excited when players get uniform numbers assigned to them. It's a big deal. Maybe you plan which jerseys you want to buy for that particular season. But how are the numbers actually assigned? To answer that question, we bring in Vice President of Equipment Operations for the Philadelphia Eagles, Greg Delamitros. Greg, hello. How are you? Good, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fine. Hanging in there. Be safe, my friend. Be safe. You too, my friend. Um, Greg, we've got nine jersey numbers that are retired by the Philadelphia Eagles. And to remind fans, they are number five, Donovan McNabb, number 15, Steve Van Buren, number 20, Brian Dawkins, number 40, Tom Brookshire, number 44, Pete Retzlaff, number 60, Chuck Bednarik, number 70, Al Wister, 92, the great Reggie White, and number 99, Jerome Brown. We also know this, Greg, there are 90 players on a roster, numbers if you include the number zero, in the two number category, so... Just how difficult is it, Greg, in general, when players come in and they want particular uniform numbers? How heated does it get? It doesn't get heated at all. We go through a process. I talked to Mr. Lurie about what numbers we can and cannot use. There's been, you know, certain players that played in this organization for a long time, like Randall Cunningham, Nick Foles, um, Darren Sproles, Malcolm Jenkins, Jason Peters, so we, we hold on to certain numbers and don't put them out there for a certain amount of time. But that really limits the available numbers, no? Like, there's, there's, you can't negotiate a, a, a three-digit number. Or, Greg, maybe you give us a little scoop here, will the Eagles be the first team to have a three-digit number on the player's back? Is that even allowed? No, it's not allowed. <laughs> I forgot to, to the league office, and I forgot to include even – McCoy too, number twenty-five is on hold as we as we speak. So there's there's a little challenge with retired and hold numbers to finagle with incoming and current players. How many players, Greg, are really superstitious about their numbers? Are are most of them requiring a specific number? Some guys do have a choice, you know, what they look good in certain numbers, but a lot of guys understand that, you know. This is what we have available, and we got got to work within the system. So we know that Darius Slay is wearing number 24. He's made that request publicly and made that announcement publicly. Um, how does that work? Right? Does he come in and say, hey, what's available, or does he make the request? I mean, what are the specifics in that instance? Yeah, so I, I would call him, and I would explain, these are the numbers that I have. If you want in 20s, this is, these, are the, these are your options. And – if they want 
Like, he was 23, so to speak, in Detroit. Rodney's 23. Rodney's not going to give up his number, you know? So so then he has to figure out, here, here are my options, and this is what I'm going to work with. And then one night he texts me. He's like, hey, I'll take 24 because of Kobe. So I was like, okay, that's okay. all yours. Sounds easy enough. Yeah. Are, have there been times in the past where players negotiate numbers? Yeah, there have been guys in the past that, try and negotiate and they work it out amongst themselves and then I would have to put in a request to the legal office if it's okay because depending on the player there could be X amount of dollars in merchandise and if there is big money out there they'll expect you to pay out the merchandise hmm. so say if there's $20,000 in your jerseys out there if you're going to make them change the number then you're going to have to pay out that, that merchandise sounds like a fun process do players get upset if they don't get their numbers? Has it ever happened to you in the past where a player goes? Yeah, they get, guys get upset, but then they, they realize it is this is what what numbers I have available. There's not how much I can do, you know? So Okay. And you don't think we can try to market that three digit number for a player? You don't think we can pass that through the league? That I that that'd be a tough rule change, but who knows, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy times, you might as well give it a shot. Greg, thank you very much. Sounds like it's a fairly fluid process, but also yeah, it's not really, that bad. really you know, restricted. You give, guy, you give a guy a couple of options to say, hey, can I think about it? And I'm like, yeah, just let me know within 24 hours. So we're not lingering until weeks, days, weeks, months, you know? So just make it an easy process. All right? Greg Delamitros, thank you so much for joining the Eagles Insider Podcast. Anytime. Be, be safe and healthy, my friend. You too. Time now for our Eagles flashback. We go back to 2016. And just one week before that season began, we all thought, well, Sam Bradford will start at quarterback. The Eagles will get rookie quarterback Carson Wentz ready to go, and we'll see what happens toward the end of the season as rookie head coach Doug Peterson makes his imprint on this franchise. Well, those plans changed one week before the season was to begin. Well, the Vikings didn't wait long to find Teddy Bridgewater's replacement. Just a week away from kickoff of the 2016 season, Minnesota has pulled off a blockbuster, trading first and fourth round picks to the Eagles for QB Sam Bradford. The Eagles got an offer they couldn't refuse. They sent Sam Bradford to Minnesota for a first round pick. And that meant that Carson Wentz would be the starting quarterback in the opener against the Cleveland Browns that September. Well, not only did Wentz start, he played outstanding football, three touchdown passes, nearly flawless decision-making, and in the Eagles' locker room, Zach Ertz could not have been more impressed. It was unbelievable. I mean, the thing that everyone was kind of doubting us because, oh, it's a rookie quarterback, but we knew what we had in the building all along with Carson. He's a special, special player. He didn't play like a rookie today by any means. To go out there, your first start with pretty much eight days notice and to have no turnover turnover speaks volumes about his play center jason kelsey echoing those thoughts the poise of a rookie quarterback extraordinary i said this before i think he really was really impressive as a rookie uh he had so much poise today i think there's a lot of things that the defense did they didn't hold back anything obviously they're coming after us in some blitz in some situations with some exotic stuff and um he didn't let that get to him, and I thought I thought it was tremendous the way he handled um, the ups and downs of the game. Um, did a really good job for us. In the post-game celebration and the time after meeting the media, both head coach Doug Peterson and Wentz talked about a debut 
that no one would forget. It's not surprising because of us being and myself being around him for so long now and, and uh, just knowing the maturity level that he has and, and, and the things that I was trying to get across to, you know, to the fans, to the media, that this is who he is. This is his DNA. And, and he really handled himself great all week long. He prepared um, like he was a, a five, six-year veteran. And, and uh, he obviously he played that way. And i and, um, just so happy for him and, and his family and, and the team. They're so excited uh, to get this first win, but uh, again with Carson, how he handled himself from the maturity level was uh, was outstanding. Yeah, I wasn't really nervous. You know, I really don't get nervous. I, I just I like to listen to worship music before the game, kind of calm my nerves, and um, you know, just go out and have fun. You know, it's a game, and I tried to enjoy it, and you know, I had a lot of fun today, and uh, turnout turnout was good. Man, it's huge. You know, it gave me a lot of confidence um, going down, moving the ball, um, getting that whatever 20-yard touchdown or whatever it was right away, right off the bat. Um, was huge for my confidence, huge for this team's confidence. I know the people here were rocking, um, so that was a lot of fun, and it was a great start to the year. Now here we are, 2020, and there's no question who will start the Eagles season opener when we begin the year in September, fingers crossed. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks so much for joining us on this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Peter Kelly and Ray Doyle for all of their work. And thanks to you for joining. If you have a moment to drop a five-star review, we would appreciate it very much. And later this week, look for, on Twitter, at Eagles Insider, some invitations for you to ask questions. And we'll get those questions answered as the Eagles really hone in on their preparation for the 2020 NFL Draft. Thanks for joining, everyone. It's the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and stay safe and sound, everyone. E-A-T-L-E.